0: So if you're looking for more coverage of the world of Japanese wrestling, check out the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network, available on all of your favorite podcast apps.
1: This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. My
0: music! You're listening to Music of the Mat on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast
1: Network. Hello and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. I am your host, Andrew Rich. This is episode 148 and it's a music memories episode. And today I am joined again by a contributor at Voices of Wrestling. He is a writer here and one of the hosts of the Emerald Flow Show, which is also on the VOW Network. It's Gerard Detrolio. Hello again, Gerard. Hey, Andrew. It's so good to be
0: back. How are you doing?
1: I'm good, thanks. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's good to have you back here on the show, of course, for your second time. Uh, First time you were on was the year-end episode last year. And then a month later, you and Paul started the Flow Show. Uh, so a couple months from now, uh, you guys will be celebrating your first anniversary already. That's that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it is, and I'm 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 really happy with how we've well we've managed to get over to like 22 episodes, and we have a fairly um, you know straightforward recording schedule. Like every other week, sometimes we'll come back in a week, or sometimes maybe three. But I'm really happy with how it's all turned out, and it's been a lot of fun.
1: Mm-hmm, definitely, and uh, not to toot my own horn here, but I did the intro to your show, which I was more than happy to do, and for those that don't know, uh, it's basically a medley of the top All Japan Noah guys theme songs. So, you know, Marufuji's in there, Miyahara, Kiyomiya, Mudo, Goshi Chuji Ishikawa, guys like that, and technically speaking, I'm on every episode, because after the medley, you hear... You're listening to the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. That's me. So look, I'm not saying I want all of your ad revenue money, but just a little cut, just a little taste there, Gerard. That's all I want.
0: (laughs) Oh, absolutely. And you know, uh, we have gotten many, many, many compliments about that opening theme. So it's really helped the show.
1: Well, it's funny you say that because if you go on Apple Podcasts and look at the reviews, they're all positive. But there's one guy who's like, yeah, I love the show, but the intro is so long. Do you really need like two minutes of all those themes? And the answer, of course, is yes, because (laughs) where else are you going to hear a medley of Baby Kiss Me Like a Rockstar, going into Boogie Wonderland, going into Prefiero Ser Su Amante? Nowhere else, okay? Only on the Flow Show, Gerard. Only there. So (laughs) there you go.
0: Absolutely. That's funny because I haven't read any of our reviews. Uh so I had no clue that someone actually wrote that but that's funny yeah but I am not someone to read my own reviews I just, you know out of sight out of mind even if they're all positive it, you know I'm doing this for myself well I guess I'm doing it for myself and try to get people into Japanese wrestling but I I don't read the reviews
1: That's a good attitude to have I like that a lot yeah um but yeah, here we are doing a Music Memories episode. Uh, been a while since we've done one of these. And uh, actually, the next episode I have planned after this one is also going to be a Music Memories episode. Because I'm going to be a little bit extra busy over the next few weeks. And uh, these episodes tend to be very quick and easy to prepare for and, and do. So uh, yeah, it'll be uh, back-to-back Music Memories on the docket here. And um, then December, we'll have the 2022 year-end episode and then it'll be january which will have the sixth anniversary show of this podcast so yes it all just seems to go by so quickly gerard and it'll happen to you too mark my words you know one day you'll blink and it'll be five years in six years in or whatever it it all goes by so fast
0: oh absolutely it's like we got to record another episode again i felt like we just recorded (laughs) one but it's it's still been like two weeks but yeah it just flies by
1: Mm-hmm, for sure, for sure. Well, uh, anyway, uh, Music Memories, for those that don't know, uh, these episodes are when I have on a guest, and they share three memories from their wrestling fandom that are strongly linked to music in some way. could be a wrestling theme, could be a TV show theme, could be from going to a live show, or playing a wrestling video game, or an album, or a show or movie about wrestling perhaps, whatever it may be, and... We don't analyze the music like we normally do here. It's more of just a casual conversation about these memories. And not to spoil things yet here, Gerard, but uh, surprise, surprise, uh, two of your picks have to do with Japanese wrestling. So uh, <laughs> a major shock all around, I'm sure, there. So. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, but I mean, I think once you get into the
0: stories behind those memories, like it'll all make sense. Cause, and, and even with the third theme that I, or music that I chose, I all sort of kept it in my formative wrestling years of when I started watching regularly.
1: Right, right. Well, uh, let's get to it then. Uh, Gerard, what is your first music memory for us?
0: So first uh, music memory is uh, Masato Tanaka's theme Dangan. have heard this on um, ecw tv and i had heard and read a little bit about japanese wrestling in pro wrestling illustrated this would have been in 1999 but uh like as soon as i first saw masato tanaka and this would have been the whole uh when was feeding with mike awesome in late 1999 because ecw had finally gotten onto tv in canada because we got uh, tnn but we None of the stations I had, anyway, from the states before, had hardcore TV. So I'd heard so much about ECW and really wanted to see it. And then just seeing Masato Tanaka was like a, a revelation, and in, in those matches with Mike Awesome and everything like that. So I was never a member of the Safety Police or anything <laughs> from from a very uh, early time in, in my wrestling fandom. And then, so to me, like this theme is all sort of like, um, like almost a prototypical like Japanese wrestling theme to me, just like the way it sets up and the guitars and everything. Like it just like that memory of, of it just like sucking me into like, I got to watch more about Japanese wrestling and everything. And I even funny story. So this would have been back in the wrestling observer on Yadda live days. And so I called in and like started asking Dave all these questions about Masato Tanaka because I was like so fascinated by him, and so like, you know, his theme will always just bring back those memories of discovering Japanese wrestling.
1: Yeah, I was also first introduced to Masato Tanaka via ECW, but um, it was actually ECW One Night Stand in '05. <laughs> Uh, Against Mike Awesome, they had like a a 10-minute match. And it was basically like a greatest hits, literally, of Tanaka versus Awesome. You know, the big chair shots and powerbomb table spots and the big dives, all that. And even in like the truncated form, it rules. Because it's these just two maniacs trying to beat the crap out of each other until one guy's left standing. And it's so easy to see the appeal of someone like a Tanaka as this just super tough dude who... You have to kill him to stop him. And, you know, looking back, we know now just how awful full-blown chair shots to the head are in terms of brain damage and concussions and all that. And obviously, I, I don't know the state of Tanaka's brain nowadays. but Well, um, it seems
0: to be still functioning because he's still yeah, a yeah, professional, I mean, professional all, wrestler, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, by all accounts, he's still going strong. He's he's 49 years old, has barely slowed down. So, he seems to be doing okay. Yeah. And he he's just, he's a medical marvel in a lot of different ways, there, Gerard. That's for sure.
0: He's in better physical shape, like more muscular and cut now than he was like 23 years ago.
1: Yeah. And uh, I actually saw Tanaka wrestle live uh, a few years ago during Mania Weekend in New York. Uh, he wrestled a match against Brian Cage on the WrestleCon US versus the World show. And the match was fine. But, you know, looking back, it's pretty remarkable that. <laughs> Given all of the bumps he's taken, all of the crazy chair shots he's taken, the fact that Tanaka is, you know, walking, let alone wrestling still, it's 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 pretty amazing, really. And uh, we shouldn't take that stuff for granted, especially in wrestling. So, uh, yeah, he's still going. It's pretty, uh, pretty cool, Gerard.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like, I haven't gotten the chance to go to Japan uh, yet uh, to see wrestling or anything. But I think I feel like I have to see him once really just to bring my like fandom full circle
1: mm-hmm. yeah especially given the fact that like we said Tanaka can still go in the ring you know physically he's still in great shape so you should see him live you know when you can before the decline happens um because yeah it, it's weird Tanaka is part of this group of guys in Japan who are around the age of 50 and yet they can all still go in the ring you know guys like him Kojima, Sugura, mochizuki. They're all in amazing shape, they all still go hard for their big matches, and they can all still deliver in their big matches, and eventually, yes, the other shoe will drop, time waits for no man, the decline will set in, we all know that, but, I mean, for now, they're all still going hard in the paint. I mean, even Minoru Suzuki, even though he has his own kind of match, which is easier on his body, they're still very good matches in a lot of cases, so, yeah, their time will come, but... Um, it hasn't happened yet, Gerard. I don't think so. Uh,
0: Nagata, yes.
1: Uh, uh, Nagata, yeah, really, yeah.
0: He's really slowed down this year. I found, but the rest of those guys are still going strong. I was just watching a Kojima and Sugira tag team match earlier this morning too, and they were just just laying it in there. Still going. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. I mean, that's that's the mystery of wrestling. You know, some guys are just utter machines who can keep going and going and going. And other guys are just so injury prone and physically they can never get on the good foot to make a real career out of it. Unfortunately, it's just, it's weird. So yeah, Tanaka, I don't know what he's made out of. Uh, Maybe he shares the same caveman DNA as Ozzy Osbourne, perhaps. I don't know, but, um, but he's still going strong and uh, he has a great theme song to boot, Gerard, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: All right. Well, that was number one. Uh, Gerard, what is music memory number two?
0: So, number two is the um, legendary NTV sports theme, aka uh, Giant Baba's theme for maybe the first decade or so of All Japan Pro Wrestling. So this would have been the first thing I ever saw when I first popped in v h s tapes that I purchased um, of Japanese pro wrestling and I'll tell you this funny story of how I first came into possession of tapes of uh japanese t v um was doing a uh like this would have been summer or maybe early spring two thousand. I was 15 years old, like uh, I grew up in a city, London, Ontario, which is sort of like halfway way between Detroit or Toronto. So like on a family, on a weekend, we do like a mini family vacation to like Detroit or Toronto. So went up to Toronto for a weekend. My grandmother gave me $60. So, and then at this time I was reading on message boards and everything about how people would go to Japanese grocery stores and. And sometimes they would have the VHS tapes. So I scoured. uh, I'm not even sure if it was the, well, I had the internet at this point, but I'm not sure if you could really find like things on the internet. I think I might've used the yellow pages. So I found um, a grocery store from the hotel we were staying in downtown. It must've been a two or three kilometer walk um, and everything. So I go and I walk there and I go in and I ask for videotapes. And they had them. They had 15 VHS tapes at $4 each. So I spent all $60 (laughs) on on the tapes. And uh, they gave me this, like, you know, those boxes that are, like, long and, 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 like, narrow sort of thing? Mm -hmm. So I get them. And so I walk back. Because I'm broke now. I didn't have any money to, like, jump on, like, a transit. So I walk back another two or three kilometers to the hotel with this long awkward to hold box full of 15 VHS tapes and like you know i i remember being very like tired and like my arms exhausted by the time i get back to the the hotel my parents think i'm i'm very weird for doing this of course like japanese you're going and spending all this money on japanese professional wrestling videotapes anyway i i have no idea what's on the tapes cuz they're all labeled in japanese um but they had dates on them so i get back and i pop in and it's new japan and all japan tv from like 97 through 99, just like random episodes. There's like the Baba Memorial Dome show from May 99 on there, um, the TV version, and then um, TV version of also like uh, 97 G1 Climax actually, um, and so those were like the that's the first Japanese pro wrestling that I ever watched, and those were the first VHS tapes I had, and and that theme is just will forever be etched in my mind, just popping in that VHS tape for the first time.
1: Wow, yeah. I mean, you know, growing up we had a VCR player in the house and a ton of different VHS tapes of movies and whatnot and eventually DVDs as well when they came around. But um, as a wrestling fan, I came up with Mega Upload and Rapid Share and all these fun little sites where I could download wrestling matches and shows off the internet for free. This is amazing. And as a result, yeah, I, I have no memories or connections whatsoever whatsoever to the days of, of you know, going to a local video store and, and looking for VHS copies of shows or, you know, tape trading and, and corresponding with people across the country for, you know, various tapes of, oh, this show and that show. I mean, that that whole era of being a nerdy wrestling fan is so foreign to me. I, I um, never really
0: tape traded. I just paid
1: the money for the tapes. Oh, I know that. I know that. I'm just saying, like, thing, you know, yeah. in general, the whole VHS era, you know?
0: Definitely. Although it's, it's funny because I think I might have um – um been a late adopter to go elsewhere because i don't know when does torning really start because i don't start torning until 2005 but i feel like people were doing it before then but i was still buying tapes up until then
1: Mm -hmm. well well LimeWire and napster were like you know early 2000s so somewhere around then i had imagine, and um i i did dabble in those things as well believe me (laughs) (laughs) uh for my uh for my wrestling matches, um, much to the detriment of my computer's health, mind you. But um, but yeah, like I said, you know my experiences of seeking out new wrestling, looking for new matches, sharing matches around—it's all been online. It's all been on these various websites, and and nowadays, you know, it's advanced so far where you have all these different streaming websites. Um, some more legal than others, of course, but <laughs> but but the convenience is amazing. You know, we can watch a show live or on demand right afterwards, or, or next day delivery, perhaps. But but yeah, it's the convenience is amazing nowadays. And and maybe we have you know lost some of the magic of the tape trading days where you'd be so patiently waiting for a tape, and the anticipation would build and build and build, and you'd finally get it to be so wonderful. And nowadays, yeah, click a button. You got it right there, instant gratification, and that's true for movies nowadays too. I mean, movies—not all of them, but a lot of them—are now being put on your TV for streaming, same day as they are in the theaters. And you know, the the heyday of physical media and waiting for a physical media release—those days are are long gone. There, Gerard. Well, I do have to say
0: one positive of of the uh, of the current era is when you're paying like you know your eight nine hundred yen a month for a streaming service, like I deal with several i don't feel as bad as when i watch a bad show instead of paying like 15 or 20 bucks for one bad show (laughs) that you don't know is bad and then it it gets to you and it and it sucked (laughs) and everything like
1: that that is nice yeah especially during like a g1 climax where you're like okay the show isn't that good but i'm still paying like eight or nine bucks for what 15 more shows this month like it's it's crazy you know it's it it costs way less than it did you know back in the day on tape and yeah. or even the UStream days where you know you'd pay like what 150 bucks for the entire tournament like yeah nowadays it's it's crazy it's it's a steal it's a bargain and we probably should be a lot more grateful for it i think but um <laughs> and
0: english commentary too in, in a lot of players.
1: yeah yeah english commentary Um, The fact that shows are streaming live from across the world (laughs) onto our computers is like a modern miracle compared to a few decades ago. Um, But yeah, I mean, yeah, English commentary like Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton, who they know the stories, they know the wrestlers, they know the moves, they know all of it. It's so amazing how far Japanese wrestling has come to being, you know, very convenient and very available for Western fans like us, Gerard.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's sort of incredible to think about how much it's just changed.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and with Baba's theme here, I mean, you mentioned changes like this. This is such an old school throwback kind of song, you know, like it's such a, a a different era entirely in terms of wrestling music, I think. Yeah, um, it's basically like an orchestra, right?
0: Yeah. yeah, it's like
1: a marching band pretty much. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's funny, we haven't covered Baba's theme on the show yet nor a bunch of other, you know, very famous pro themes like, you know, Anoki's theme or Hansen and Jumbo and Tenaru, uh, the four pillars, Muda, Chono, those kind of guys. Those are very, you know, very heavy hitters there, but we haven't got to them yet. And I think it's because I've become uh, very Baba-like with how slow I book the big name topics lately, <laughs> because listen, we've done a lot of big name episodes over the years I had to save some of them for later, you know? <laughs> right. I had to save some of them for down the road, but um, I'll get to all of them eventually, I promise on that. And and with Mudo, actually, I'm planning an episode about him for February because that's when he retires. So I figure, you know, no better time to do that one. Um, he's had many, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Reinventing himself and everything.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a tall order, that's for sure. And I'll have to I'll have to think about how I tackle that one. Um, but yeah, Baba's theme, again, is such a, a throwback to... You know, long ago days before <laughs> before rock guitars and synths really took over wrestling music in Japan. Anyway, so uh, yeah, times have changed, Gerard. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, and and, that, and that's sort of like the theme music that you would have been watching and any sort of sports broadcast in the '60s and '70s before, life. right? Because like once you get into the '80s and '90s, they make all these like epic sounding like um, NFL themes or like. Or even, like, the NBA on uh, NBC theme
1: and everything like that. Yeah, round ball rock, you know. Right, that music, yeah, yeah, So it's a
0: bit of, like, a more old-school sound of, like, you know,
1: wide world of sports or something in the 60s. Definitely, definitely. All right, uh, time now for the third and final music memory for us, uh, Gerard. What do you got? So well
0: well I mean it is a wrestling theme but it's
1: also a song that's pretty well known
0: outside of wrestling it is Metallica's Seek and Destroy <laughs> So I guess the reason I chose this is because I'm not not even like a super Metallica fan or everything, uh, I think, but I think this might be my favorite song of theirs or anything. But it's just sort of etched into my brain uh, watching WCW in in 1999 and and, and 2000 Um, because like I I didn't start watching wrestling until like very early 1999. And then, of course, by late 1999, I'm like, trying to dive into Japanese wrestling like I watched a little bit when I was like six or seven I remember um Papa Shango and and um Bret Hart as the IC champion but it was never a regular watcher and then you know fast forward several years like I'm like everyone at school's got NWO shirts on <laughs> and stuff like that and then so um I, I I dove in and it it caught my attention and everything like that and for whatever reason, I'm jumping into WCW in early 1999, which must seem like the most insane time to jump in. <laughs> but I watched Nitro and Thunder every week until the end, the very end. Right. And so um I, you know, whenever I hear Seek and Destroy, my mind, I get the the, the image in my mind of like, you know, the the newer Nitro set with the giant logo from 99.
1: Oh yeah. Like the gray and black kind of thing. Yeah, Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Like I just, I can visualize that opening up like it would open when the wrestler would come out and everything and that's what like seek and destroy reminds me of um when they when when they put sting with that theme and everything like that because i think that this was part of like wcw the music because they were trying to do all the music crossover with warner music and of course most famously like the no limit soldiers and everything like that um so this is from that time and it just the song reminds me of wcw in those days which some may think is a little crazy, but like it was formative, like you know i mean you know i from like the immediately when I started watching it, like it was like you know uh malenko and uh he who cannot be named um <laughs> as a tag team uh capturing my attention and everything like that, and uh seeing a lot of the luchadores and everything like that and and you know maybe the, well there wasn't that many Japanese wrestlers from ninety nine onwards and everything like that. But I remember Muda's run in 2000 and everything like that. And of course he was involved with, with sting in, in that uh, infamous uh, uh, time. So yeah, it just takes me back to like uh, getting into wrestling and, and even if it was quite possibly some of the worst wrestling that was been, ever been on TV, but it's just, you know, part of my formid- formation as a wrestling
1: fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're getting into WCW in like 99, 2000, I don't blame you for looking at Japanese wrestling like, hmm, maybe I should check this stuff out more perhaps. Uh,
0: <laughs> well, like I say this even though I probably watched WWF regularly until like 05, but there was still something about WCW that appealed to my sensibilities more than like peak attitude era. And and if I had and if like the if like Benoit and Malenko and Eddie and Saturn hadn't jumped in um 2000, I probably there's a pretty good chance I wouldn't have stuck with WWF as long as I did. Right. Cause they were a major reason I kept, I kept watching uh, after WCW folded and everything like that. So, you know, a few little differences things, and maybe I would have like, you know, not have been uh, as wrestling fan for as long, although maybe the Japanese stuff would have kept me in, but certainly watching a uh, regular North American wrestling TV. Um, like the wrestlers that I was first introduced to in WCW sort of carried me through into like the mid-2000s when I just like threw up my arms and and gave up (laughs) for a while on on North American stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, all jokes aside, it's pretty amazing how we can look back on something from our youth and acknowledge that it's bad, but, you know, it's still our youth and that feeling of nostalgia and halcyon days and rose-colored glasses, whatever you want to call it, it's still really powerful and it can still give us that wistful feeling thinking back to it, you know, I mean, it, we all know and acknowledge that 99-2000 WCW was not a good time all around, but, but I'm sure, Gerard, when you hear Seek and Destroy, when you hear that song, it brings you back to those days and it gives you a, a nice warm feeling inside. Uh, same for me, you know, I look back on my youth as a wrestling fan and 0304 3 4 WWE was not the be-all, end-all. It was better than it was nowadays, for sure, but, you know, back then there was still the Triple H reign of terror. There was still Heidenreich and his shenanigans and all that stuff. And was that, you know,
0: still, was that still SmackDown Six or is that a little earlier?
1: It was afterwards. It was afterwards because um, okay. Edge had gotten injured and uh, Benoit eventually moved over to Raw. So uh, yeah, it was it was in that post SmackDown Six era. Um, but again, I can look back and I can listen to songs like Evolution's theme or mm-hmm. um, Eddie Guerrero's theme, perhaps or Rey Mysterio or, or whatever. And I can look back on it fondly. And again, I know it wasn't all good. There was bad stuff going on back then, too, in terms of of gimmicks and storylines and whatnot. But still, the power of nostalgia and the power of of wistfully looking back on my youth is strong. Um, so there you go. And it helps with, with Seeking Destroy. It helps that it's a cool song, too. And Sting's a cool wrestler. You know, even though he was, you know, spending that time period mucking about with, you know, vampiro or whatever so <laughs> or they turned
0: it um, they turned sting heel for the first time uh, i think russo did in uh, in late 99
1: i think so yeah yeah I, I think him and luger went heel there for a little bit in 99 um which i mean the fact that sting stayed loyal to wcw for all that time <laughs> despite the nonsense they kept putting him through is is pretty incredible for sure yeah um, well it's
0: funny because i've gone back and i and i think like because this is before i watched it but someone like you know, like Joe Lanza and his enthusiasm for like WWF tag teams of the 80s and everything. I've gone back and I've watched that and I'm like, actually, this is pretty good. So I wonder what it would have been like to be a wrestling fan that actually like watched good wrestling in their formative years. <laughs> and I guess that's something I'll never know. And like, and I know a lot of people, people that are definitely older than me, they'll talk about like their favorite Mid South and Mid Atlantic stuff. And I've gone back and watched that. And again, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. So. I don't know. Uh, I wonder how much, like, how that would have changed my fandom if I was watching good wrestling as a child or a teenager. Anyway,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, I'm always curious to think about, you know, how my own wrestling fandom would have changed if I started watching it earlier than I did, or later than I did, or if I got into wrestling via a different promotion than WWE, or I started watching Japanese wrestling first, perhaps. I I don't know. It's always fun to think about, you know, how your own tastes would change depending on time and circumstance. Or if they would change at all, you know, maybe you're always meant to like what you like in wrestling, and it's just a matter of how you get there. I don't know. It's it's fun to think about, I guess, Gerard.
0: Well, it, it's it's I think it's sort of fortuitous in a lot of ways because uh, when I get into it is a pretty uh, wild time in, in in Japanese professional wrestling. Uh, New Japan is collapsing, and and, and is starting to take over and. And it's funny because, like, when I get into it, I hear so much about how Shinya Hashimoto was this incredible wrestler with this aura and who sold out the Tokyo Dome so many times. But then, like, he just looked like a jobber, you know, with the whole Naoya Ogawa feud. And then there's the there's the the Noah split from All Japan. And, you know, and the only reason that I continue to watch All Japan Uh, after the uh, Noah split initially, because I probably never would have kept watching if this happened is if is because Kawada stayed and Kawada to this day is my favorite wrestler of all time. But like he quickly established himself as my favorite wrestler of all time, even back then. Uh, So that's how I ended up have been watching all Japan for 23 years uh, because he stayed basically. So it's like the little things like that really do shape your fandom uh, for the rest of your life.
1: Oh yeah, I agree for sure. And, um, I mean, with you, your love for All Japan has endured to this day because, you know, you review all the shows for us. <laughs> that, that's pretty obvious right there. Um, even though nowadays, you know, All Japan is not what it once was. Literally, it's a different company, technically speaking. Yeah, technically, with yeah. With the same name and same titles and trademarks and whatnot. To me, you're still the All Japan guy. You know, you cover the promotion in your written work. Uh, you and Paul cover it on the podcast along with Pro Wrestling Noah as well, of course. But um, to me, I think it's just so cool that we have someone like you and Paul as well who cover those promotions and have built up a really sizable body of work of, of previews and reviews and audio and whatnot Yes, you do have to suffer through voodoo murders matches, which I know you hate. I know that. <laughs> well, but <laughs> you, you get through it with a plum. So I, oh, I, I, I applaud you in that regard, sir. So there you go.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I was thinking about this because I know that, you know, some wrestling fans will be like, I'll just watch whatever I watch. And, and they'll jump around from promotion to m- promotion from hot eras. But I feel like I've always been someone that just if I'm investing in something emotionally like this, I have, I'm in it for the long haul. And so I find myself... And for wrestlers that I I see come up, and and now that I've been watching for 23 years, uh, I've seen some wrestlers that I once really loved decline. So it's one thing to say, to see a wrestler that I don't have any emotional attachment in uh, sort of decline, but it's hard for me to like, look at Kenta, for example, and say he's, he's washed. I like, I don't like to say that I think he's evolved because his character work now is incredible. Right. And stuff like that. So I just like to see it. So it's it's hard for me to sort of like give the give up the ghost on some wrestlers, right? And just I try to still try to find like the what's positive, the positives they still contribute to this sort of thing, right? And so I guess that's sort of the emotional investment I I make into the wrestlers and companies and everything like that.
1: Oh yeah, we all feel that way about our favorites. I think you know growing up over the years and and yeah, a lot of guys they just they break down and, and don't come back from it, but some guys do. I mean, tying it back to Sting. Look at him! I mean, yeah. we all thought he was done after the Rollins match where his back exploded, but then he went to AEW and he's done a bunch of these tag matches with Darby, and they've all been really fun. And Sting's looked really good in them, and he's doing new Jack dives and <laughs> all of his typical Sting shtick, and and it's it's been really cool to see Sting come back and and get this run and 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 still be Sting, you know. Much like Kenta, he's adapted to his new circumstances and his age and his you know wear and tear. And he's still able to produce these just fun matches and moments, uh, Gerard, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it it just, it's how I like, you know, can keep going and and still be like, I love this wrestler. And this is why I think they're one of the greatest and everything like that. So it's it's just fun to watch them, these wrestlers evolve. And I've seen so many change over the years, except for Kojima. He's like still what he was in like 1999 when I first saw him. (laughs)
1: All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode of Music of the Match. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, Gerard, thank you again for being here. This was just so much fun talking to you about, um, well, mostly Japanese wrestling, of course, but, uh, but wrestling in general, I suppose. Uh, this was a great conversation, my friend.
0: Well, yeah, it, it's a fun contrast because we go from like some incredible Japanese wrestlers and eras to 1999 WCW. <laughs> so, you know, it's a land of contrasts.
1: Any plugs you want to give? Go right ahead.
0: Yeah, uh, you can read all of my coverage uh, at uh, Voices of Wrestling, All Japan, have that fully covered. I will be reviewing, uh, I'm actually going to do this later today, reviewing the uh, Dragon Gate slash Noah and Hall show that from uh, last week. And uh, you can follow the, my podcast Twitter at, at Emerald Flow Show and, follow, and check out Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Uh, we'll probably be recording uh, later this week, but we try to be out every other week.
1: Okay, and Music of the Mat is, of course, also part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. You can find all the great shows on there at com. Follow the show on Twitter, for now anyway, uh, at Music of the Matt. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew T. Rich. com slash Discord for all discussions and comments. And I will stress signing up for the Discord, uh, given the whole Twitter situation right now. It's a, a real fun, lively place to talk about wrestling, so uh, go there and sign up if you'd like. Uh, Voicesofwrestling.com slash donate. For any donations, uh, just click the big donate button beneath the name Music of the Met or Emerald Flow Show. Either one's fine, of course. If you donate, hey, thanks so much. You're awesome. And, of course, rate, review, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, And many other places. Gerard, thank you again, and I'll see you around. Thank you. All right, for Gerard De Trolio, I'm Andrew Rich, and I'll see you next time on Music of the Mat. Take care, guys.
0: Music of the Mat is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright holders.
1: All the best talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling, crisps, and pornography.